It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, the Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. This is Access Atlanta. Every week, we share some of the best places to eat, play, and live out loud in the ATL. And, of course, we go behind the scenes and find the stories that show Atlanta is one of a kind. Welcome to Access Atlanta. I'm your host, Shane Harrison. We've changed the way we do our podcast. That means we're recording it remotely from our homes, but we've also changed what we're talking about in the podcast, since we've always prided ourselves on providing guidance on things to do in and around Atlanta, and because most venues, theaters, and attractions are closed, we're going indoors, and in some cases where it's practical, outdoors to places where it's easy to practice social distancing. Friday, January 22nd, 2021, was a sad day for sports fans, for Atlanta, and for the world. One of baseball's all-time greats, Henry Aaron, died at age 86. The Homer hero has been honored in many ways for his work both on the field and off, and one of those honors involves a statue that now resides at Truist Park, home of the Atlanta Braves. Last week, the AJC's Bo Emerson spoke with the man responsible for that monument, and he's here to bring us that conversation. Welcome, Bo. Thank you, Shane. Tell us a little bit about what we're going to hear here. Sure. Well, uh, I gave uh, Ross Rawson a call uh, 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 fairly soon after we got the news, and uh, he was already being interviewed by uh, WSB Television, uh, and people were actually already gathering at, at his statue at Truist Park, which they had opened up uh, for uh, uh, to, to sort of give the fans who wanted to have a place to gather, to give some honor to Hank Aaron, a place to be. And, um, and so we talked, uh, we talked about how he ended up with, uh, with that commission from, from the Braves. And we talked about what it was, what it was like to have Hank Aaron in, in the studio. And it was pretty interesting. Yeah. Now he, um, this, this statue is, it's, is this the one that it used to be somewhere else or is this a new one for, for Truist Park? So that's a, that's an interesting story in itself. Um, uh, in 1982, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, Bob Hope, the, uh, uh, you know, I, um, very iconic, uh, PR guy for the Braves, uh, spearheaded, a effort to get a statue built um, of of Hank Aaron, which uh, he, he was successful with uh, donations just from individuals out there and some from the Atlanta Journal Constitution, I understand, and uh, uh, and a fellow named Ed Dwight, um, a sculptor from Colorado, 
um, uh, uh, made that statue. And it was first, of course, it was at um, Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. And then they knocked that down and they moved it over right next door to Turner Field. And so it was there for what's that, um, 30 years or something. And uh, the uh, and when the Braves decided to move to uh, uh, up into Cobb County, there was some sort of a tussle over who got to keep the statue. Well, the statue stayed in Atlanta. So they found a new fellow to uh, to make a new statue, and that was Ross Rossin. Ah, okay. So, so there are now two different statues here uh, locally. And they are very different, actually, because uh, uh, Ross's statue shows the moment of impact when the bat hits the ball. And whereas uh, uh, Ed Dwight's statue has uh, has Hank in that um, follow through where he's looking up to watch it go over the wall. So they right. they they are two real different aspects of that moment. Well, that's fascinating. I, I didn't even realize that. And I know it's like a, reading your story, which you can all go and see on AJC.com. Um, it's like this. The statue is nine feet tall. Is that right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, bronze and very shiny. And it's uh, it's it's pretty impressive. Um, the I don't know how big the Ed Dwight statue is, but they're both pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. They're both pretty impressive, as as was Hank Aaron himself. And no and kidding. Yeah. Baseball and in life in general. Uh, you know, he's one of those rare people that, you know, everyone seemed to love and so many had stories about. So. Yeah, and I, I, I enjoyed uh, reading those stories, especially um, uh, all the AJC reporters who had a chance to interview him and then got their pictures taken with him, which, of course, I understand that even if it does violate a cardinal rule of newspaper, I would have done the same thing. Yeah, many many people say, you know, it's like it's a rare person that, that I ever asked to do that, but, yeah. but he's one of the few. Yeah. So, yeah, so... Anyway, well, um, let's hear your conversation with uh, sculptor Ross Rawson. This is Ross Rawson. He is uh, an Atlanta resident for the last 20 years, but originally from Bulgaria and has become one of the most notable portrait artists of the, uh, in the city and pretty much elsewhere as well. And he is also responsible for the nine-foot bronze statue of Hank Aaron at Truist Park. So you found out a little earlier today, Ross, that uh, a lot of uh, Hank Aaron's uh, fans and followers were, were at that statue right now, essentially to just show how much they care about him. How did that feel? I mean, isn't that wonderful to, to think about this man and how much respect he he has, I mean, nationwide, worldwide. So, um, I mean, the fact that they're going, they're not going uh, to, to see uh, my work, they're going to connect with, with Hank. And I'm only humbled and privileged to, to be the one who actually did it. But again, the important thing is that uh, through the work of art, uh, his spirit lives. And uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful day of... Uh, beginning of a forever celebration of his uh, amazing character and personality now uh, through the arts, uh, through the movies, through the documentaries. And um, it's just a new chapter of, of, of the legend of Hank Aaron. 
So uh, you were introduced to Hank Aaron by Andrew Young. Um, talk about that time. Yes, uh, I've been I've been very fortunate to know Ambassador Young for many years. We are close friends. We traveled together. I also did his portrait for the Smithsonian's National Portrait Gallery in Washington. And um, him being, uh, a, a, again, a, a giant of a man, an, an amazing individual, he also introduced me to, uh, to Hank Aaron. That they were very, very close friends for decades. And um, we, we got together. We started a conversation. I took a few pictures of him. Subsequently, I did his portrait. And a year later, he got accepted in the Smithsonian. And, and again, going back to the very idea of uh, a day like this really makes us realize how important uh, the art is, the, the art of the, the portraits. Uh, because, you see, artworks, they, they last for quite a while. They last for decades and centuries and millennia. So it was, yes, at the... Uh, Andy Yank is uh, at the bottom of, of, of all these beautiful things that happened. And, and of course, uh, you uh, painted another portrait of him that's at the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yes, that is true. Years later, uh, this time, Hank uh, himself um, and, and Billy, uh, their foundation commissioned that portrait. It's even bigger than the first one. And both portraits were actually the, the reason why the Braves trusted me with doing the statue. Uh, I'm a painter and also sculptor, but it's precisely the fact that I've known Hank Aaron for, for quite some time. I did the portrait. In other words, I studied his personality uh, up close and personal for, for, for a while, already had some experience. So when I uh, promised them uh, not only great physical likeness of the statue, but uh, capturing the, the essence of his character, his personality, his determined spirit, uh, they simply um, trusted me. And uh, the result is there. People uh, go now and tomorrow, uh, they will continue going to, to pay their respect, um, like you said. And it's uh, you. You became uh, best known as a painter. This uh, statue uh, it may be seen by more people today than uh, anything else that you've made, at least as far as today is concerned. The uh, what are the differences in in trying in working in one medium and working in the other? And are you just as comfortable in both of them? Yeah, uh, well, uh, you see, uh, in my work, I study human nature. Whether you call it a portrait or a painting or a statue or, or whatever, it's a, it's a study of human nature. And regardless of the medium, what I'm, what I'm doing is what I'm trying to do is to get deeper, get beyond the obvious, beyond just the physical likeness, but capture the, the, the individual personality and character and essence so whether or not it's with brushes or with or in clay or bronze uh, it's the same thing and my paintings they're also uh, very much uh, three-dimensional uh, in essence they're very realistic as you as you know and they're, they're hyper-realistic right hyper-realistic yes uh, they're not dramatically different uh, from from my sculptural work they basically essentially aim for the same um quote to quote illusion of of, um, um, of reality, but 
again, this is this is just on the surface. It's all about capturing the the spirit. So for me, there is no big difference. I just express myself in two different mediums, but fundamentally, the objective is the same. Now, what was it like having uh, uh, Henry Aaron in your studio? Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> Being around people, first of all, let us step back a little bit. Who is Henry Aaron? He's not just a celebrity in today's terms. He's not just uh, somebody well-known and well-respected. He is, in my humble opinion, the ultimate American hero, and he always will be uh, remembered like that. Uh, He's one of those very, very few uh, individuals who, when by the sheer moment of of entering the room, just being in a room with them already changes everything around them. There is a certain uh, magnetism about them that you cannot really describe it. Probably you can only capture it in a work of art or piece of music, for instance. Uh, He's not the one who would say a lot of things or make grand gesture or make some uh, God knows uh, fireworks type of uh, event around himself. He's just there in a in a in a magnificent magnificent way, uh, commanding presence. But again, in a very charming, very very calming, engaging way. So my my total surprise was when we first met is how actually human he is, how very human he is. And probably this is the element of the element of genius, of the element of greatness. People like him, like Desmond Tutu, like Maya Angelou, like Ambassador Young himself, like um, so, so, some others of, of, of their caliber, is the, the humanity around them, the, the deceiving simplicity about their presence, of course, uh, having in mind what I, what they have done and seeing them uh, normal and real right in front of you makes their legacy even more amazing than you would think. I guess you're kind of expecting uh, Mount Rushmore to uh, come in the room when uh, you have an appointment with him, and it turns out just uh, to be a person. Brilliant, brilliant example you just made, Bob. Brilliant. I couldn't agree more. He's exactly the Mount Rushmore type of of uh, uh, individual. And I say he is because he is. He The, the sentence is not he was, he is. He always will be. Uh, because uh, again, his his spirit, his presence, his legacy, his message is bigger than life, bigger than bigger than this physical existence uh, 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 around here. You know, uh, you you mentioned this to me earlier. Uh, when you open your mouth, uh, it's clear that uh, you're not a, a native uh, of Atlanta, or at least you weren't born here. So, and in Bulgaria, there's probably not a lot of baseball going on. And <laughs> What you told me there, uh, there is that you still had a lot of catching up to do uh, to learn what what this game was about, and and uh, so did that put you at a disadvantage at all? <laughs> um, uh, yes and no. Uh, yes, because obviously I don't know the first thing about baseball to this day. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say that, but but this is it. You know, I'm an artist. I don't do much sports. However, uh, the great advantage is I have really kind of free access to his spirit without much hesitation, without uh, this kind of a 
cult type of attitude of fear uh, uh, in front of a hero. I, I just, I, I was free to, I don't know if that makes much sense, what I'm saying is, but I was free from any, preco- from any preconceived uh, ideas or um, kind of um, preconceived uh, notion of, okay, what do I do? What do I ask him? I mean, he's such a big star. He did so and so. He, like nobody else. No, I approached him as human to human, you know, in a very direct, straight line of somebody who comes from far away, who also, not on the same scale, but also had to overcome uh, all kinds of um, uh, hurdles and and obstacles, uh, political, geographical, economical, cultural, name it, all right? I come from, not just from a different country, I come from different universe, uh, considering the the communist past of of my previous country, then the the Berlin Wall uh, collapse and the political changes and all the European uh, baggage I, I come with and then moving to this country 20 years ago. So all this had to be overcome in order to become what I am now and whatever that is. But <laughs> your point is, to, to, to your point, not knowing much about him as a baseball player, but kind of freely, directly approaching his personality as it is, on a pure human level, helped me great deal to to try to understand. I will, we will, I will, we will never completely understand uh, him, but to try to understand him better and possibly, possibly bring it to the surface, uh, uh, to the in the statue or in the paintings. And uh, d- he was a big help in terms of uh, telling you some some things that perhaps are not not well known. In particular. Uh, uh, we were talking about his unorthodox way of just holding a bat. And you showed me a close-up photograph of, of his hands on the bat. And uh, it's, uh, it, it, I guess he was, uh, he wanted to make sure that you saw, even, even down to that little detail. Yes, absolutely. Again, um, I, was, I was very fortunate to have uh, top professionals around me who understand this game and understand every detail to a point that I was told, actually, Henry Aaron didn't hold the bat the way they teach the kids right now, or that was considered uh, appropriate. Um, there is a certain, uh, in a certain angle, he was holding the bat, and his uh, uh, pinky uh, finger was uh, on top of the on top of the butt. And ask him, please, please show me what what is this? Uh, what's the deal? And sure enough, he exactly, he, he, he took the bat and um, hold it uh, the way he usually holds it. I took the pictures, and that's the way it is right now in the statue for uh, forever. Um, I think that's important. You know, uh, again, going back to, to his humanity and, and how the, the greatest hero of heroes of history actually, uh, first and foremost, amazing human beings. Um, and such a tiny little fact about this, that such um, detail and aspects of, of uh, the way he, he did things makes it so so real, so so r- relatable uh, I mean, to, to all of us. Uh, again, there, there is nothing um, superhuman about him. It's just there is an extraordinary spirit that even holding the bat in a quote-unquote wrong way, he's, he did what he did, right? Exactly. The uh, uh, he he uh, uh, accomplished what he accomplished with, uh, and 
when when you think about all the other things besides simply being able to um, uh, create one of the one of the greatest uh, uh, baseball records of, of all time, all of the other things that he had to deal with, yes. uh, the um, it's uh, it's it's hard to visualize all that in that moment of uh, uh, of triumph. Uh, but do you see, uh, if you're looking at your statue now, do you see any of that? Do you see the wear and tear of the, of the journey that got him there? Uh, I think I see it. I hope everybody else is seeing it because more than anything, we're talking about his tremendous determination and self-respect and, um, all whole set of strong values of, uh, hard work of of being there being focused being being in the moment despite everything else despite the hatred despite the absolute craziness around him that was unfortunately uh, a reality uh, around that time so you have to imagine the pressure when i asked him mr Aaron, uh, i had to ask him this question uh, what what were you thinking when you when you broke the record uh, what was going on in your mind? And he, he, his answer, I will never forget this. He said, I was just doing my job. I was just doing my job. How gloriously simple this is. Yeah. You know, and uh, you, you see, uh, can, you, can you possibly even imagine the, 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 the character you have to possess, the, the, the level of professionalism in determination and discipline to forget about everything else, literally everything else, and just do your job in front of uh, hundreds of thousands of people. And your job would be to to make history, actually, by breaking Babe Ruth's record. And and by breaking other records as well, by, by uh, bringing African-Americans into yeah. the forefront and... Um, yeah. um, and- Creating a a, a a a a doorway, opening that, uh, knocking over that barrier. Even more so because this is uh, he, his legacy. Again, to your point, is far beyond breaking the record. Obviously, uh, his his work afterwards, and uh, as a massively successful business person with number of charities and changing forever thousands of young lives, and be forever a role model to to young kids. Um, but not only African American. I mean, all all kids that feel uh, abandoned or neglected or disregarded or labeled as this or that, third or fourth. Uh, seriously, <laughs> this is glorious. I mean, I think I think his. We're about to begin to to actually start uh, studying him and trying to understand him and celebrate him. This is this is my uh, feeling. Uh, starting today, it's a. Uh, just a new chapter of of, of making bringing him closer to us and taking him out and uh, tell the story to, to those millions and millions of young kids out there who who have sold out who've been who've been treated badly and all in one way or another not just in this country but but around the world well I can imagine uh, that um, uh, plenty of documentaries are 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 in the works or have already been made. And a lot of them are going to have uh, an image of a statue made by Ross Rawson um, uh, prominently displayed. Uh, I wonder how that feels. Um, 
again, <laughs> I'm going to answer just the way he answered, you know, with keeping everything in the, in the right proportion. I'm just doing my, my work. That's all. <laughs> that's all. Seriously, that's all. There is, there is no moment. Of, if anything, I feel only humble. That's all. Seriously. I don't take any uh, it's celebratory laps right now or anything. Not at all. Uh, not at all. I was just, I'm just trying to do my job and do it as, as, as better, as, as best as I can. There's nothing normal about our new normal, but AJC.com is the same trusted source you've always had. And we have just as much great content, if not more. That's why each week I'll highlight my personal picks for the best things to do, see, and experience. And the stories are easy to find on AJC.com. On the classic A&E show Hoarders, Matt Paxton has watched a woman eat 25-year-old candy, sifted through thick cobwebs that resemble cotton candy, and stood on a mountain of used diapers when an earthquake hit. He's had to evade 100 parrots in one abode and found baseball bats used by Babe Ruth. The 45-year-old Richmond native now hosts a show that is airing its second season on PBS called Legacy List with Matt Paxton. He had to practice what he preaches in downsizing when moving to Sewanee in November and merging families with his fiancée. Rodney Ho visited with Paxton, who talked about some of the things he kept and the stories behind them. Read his story on the radio and TV talk blog at AJC.com. Emma Amos' Color Odyssey is scheduled to open on January 30th at the Georgia Museum in Athens, with more than 60 works by Atlanta native Amos. The artist will not be there. She died in May 2020 from complications due to Alzheimer's. It is, many say, a long overdue honor for an artist who challenged a mainstream art world that historically excluded artists such as herself or rarely viewed them as peers without need of qualifiers such as black or female. Rosalind Bentley brings us the story of this overlooked artist who is finally getting her due. Read the story at AJC.com. If you've spent any time watching network TV lately, you've probably seen it. The ever-present Geico ad featuring Atlanta's tag team flipping sugary mounds of ice cream into bowls while grinning and barking, Scoop, there it is was originally conceived with a different meal in mind. Find out what that was and how it came about in Melissa Ruggieri's interview with the duo and the ad agency responsible for the spot. You'll find that story on the Atlanta Music Scene blog at AJC.com. Early in the pandemic, many turned to baking as a way of whiling away the time spent at home. Sourdough starters suddenly became a thing, and there were yeast and flour shortages. Meanwhile, others chose to binge-watch TV shows like Tiger King. Former AJC staffer Bill King and his daughter Olivia have enjoyed the best of both worlds, binging the nine seasons of The Great British Baking Show, available on PBS and Netflix. You'll find his story about the show and a televisual treat he calls good for the soul under the Food tab on AJC.com. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to AJC.com. Our senior editor is Nicole Smith. Podcast edited by Bria Felicien. Music by Bo Emerson and Billy Guin. And I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta.